For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL can see the helmets, the game balls, or you can probably just Google what teams I played for. You can always check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I love how we are growing on social media at Ross Tucker Pod. Man, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Reels. How about the Facebook page, Ross Tucker Pod? Killing it. Of course, evidently my TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL is booming. I love it almost as much as I love doing this show each and every week with my guy, Emery Hunt. Check him out on social media at F-Ball Game Plan. He even dressed up for us this morning for those of you checking us out on YouTube because he's always on CBS Sports HQ. The guy lives there. He's got a very popular YouTube channel himself, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And of course, I think you know not only how I feel about Emery as a person, as an analyst, but how I feel about the draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. You know what it is? It's the it, it's it's your favorite draft analyst's favorite draft guide. That's what it is. It's what the scouts get because they know there's gonna be some guys they missed, but Emery didn't. He doesn't miss. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Refresh my my memory, Emery, on where we're at for the timing of this bad boy this year. Well, I uh, completed quarterbacks, completed running backs. I started fullbacks this morning. I should be done by the afternoon and then start the receivers. Receivers and DBs always are the, the longest uh, evaluations because there's so many guys. So we're looking at, because I got to still go down to the, HBCU Legacy Bowl still got to go cover uh, the combine for CBS Sports for the whole week. So we're probably looking at a mid to late March release. Last year, I think it was March 28th. We got the draft guide out. So let's, on the safe side, let's say around that time. Got it. Okay. That's plenty of time. Gives us a full month to read the whole thing before the draft, which is awesome. What is coming up? When is the HBCU Legacy Bowl? When's the combine? The HBCU Legacy Bowl, this year they attached the HBCU Combine to the beginning of the week. So on a Monday, the guys that are going to participate in the game will participate in the Combine. Last year they attached that to a few days before the Senior Bowl in unideal situations because it was cold outside. Uh, But now they're going to be down in New Orleans. It starts on the 20th. So the week is from the 20th to the 25th. The game is on the 25th. But the practices are that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I'll be there from the 20th to the 24th, be back here on that Friday morning. 
uh, to break down some some more film, to you know, study prospects, grade, and then the combine. I'll be out there for the twenty. I leave on a Monday, so the twenty seventh of February until that Sunday, which would be the fifth. Got it. Love it. Totally ready for your previews and then breakdowns of both those. In fact, the combine invite list is out, and we'll get to that a little bit later because I am curious about any of these surprises because there's one that really jumped out to me. I, I was shocked. I mean, 316 guys or whatever are invited, and you don't have Carl Brooks from Bowling Green going? Are you, are you kidding me? That guy's going to go in like day two. He's right. going to get drafted in day two. What are we even doing? He might be a top 100 pick, definitely top 150. Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later. What I love about this day, Emery, is I love being able to go over the scouting lessons that we learned from the Super Bowl. And you and I, I feel like, do a good job of this. And reminder, this show is year-round, and there's no better show. We'll probably start to dive into the positions maybe even the quarterbacks with Emery next week. No other show, it, we're year-round, but no other show talks about the scouting lessons learned from the most important games, which is kind of important. Like, what are we learning here that we can take moving forward? I have a bunch, Emery, from the Super Bowl. I don't want to steal your thunder, though, so I'll give you um, – I'll give you an open blank canvas for anything in particular that jumped out to you from last night's game. First, it was just about how much you have to take into account. We talked about this before. Um, Football IQ, situational awareness, all of those things really matter. Knowing where you are on the field, spatial awareness, knowing where you are in, in conjunction with your def- your help defender or or the uh, the sideline things like that matter uh, and you saw a couple of times Philly defenders just not understand where they were on the field and that is number one number two it's about how guys handle uh, you know I, I I don't know how to phrase this but it's almost like panic like do you have panic in certain situations you know because panic leads to penalties. And penalties can cost you the game. Case in point, Bradbury, the the tug on the jersey. There was no need to do that right there because you are in good position. It's behind the line of scrimmage, so you're not going to get beat. Juju and and yourself are probably the same speed, so you don't have to worry about him flying past you. Why grab? Because you panic. Even when they were trying to get over top in motion, for the, the play that kept beating them all night, the, the whip route or a pivot route. And now you're saying, oh, man, it, you know, I have to hurry up and get over there because they're going to try to run their speed out. Well, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to match speed with the receiver, you know, and take his cues. But why are you panicking to get over there so quickly? And you set yourself up for that whip route, pivot route, you know, on, on the other side. And so for me, it's just like, you know, understanding – situational awareness and understanding, you know, your skill set and and not panicking in crucial moments because those panic moments led to big mistakes. Interesting. Um <clears throat> Yeah, you know it's the I think it's so much more of a chess match than people realize. 
Like those guys know the tendency of guys like Tony and Sky Moore to run that motion underneath the formation, behind the O-line, get lost, and then run the speed out on the other side. They didn't want to be late for that. They've been coached up. This is what they do. This is what they do. This is what they do. And the Chiefs, they had a counter to it. And the part of that that I think is disappointing, Emery, is that they ran the same play for touchdowns twice. Right. So it's like after after the first one, the guy is wide open. There needs to be a discussion there. Hey, if they get down there, they might do this again. Because the second touchdown was on a third down. And Sky Moore was wide open. So if they had just talked about that and they stuffed them there, they lead them, that leads to a field goal. Because, you know, that they would have been in a good situation there. Um, a couple things that I that jumped out to me. Um, one is betting on talent with late round picks, even if they have adverse circumstances. So two guys that jumped out to me there. Trey Smith, the right guard for the Chiefs, is a beast. He had an awesome game. He had health issues at Tennessee, which is why he dropped down people's boards. Everybody knew he was a really good player, but he wasn't able to practice. I forget the exact nature of his of his health ailment, but he wasn't able to practice, and people were skeptical of what he might or might not be able to do. Chiefs got him in the sixth round. You want to talk about a steal? Are you kidding me? You know, with those late-round picks, Emery, take a flyer on talent. Bet on talent even if there are some risks involved. The risk for him was the health. The risk for Pacheco was, well, we haven't really seen him catch the ball, and we really haven't seen him produce. Well, that's because Rutgers' offensive line when he was there was terrible, and they couldn't run the ball at all. He ran the fastest 40 time of any running back. And you know he's tough as nails because he got the ball all the time at Rutgers. We're getting smashed. So you know he's tough. You know he's got juice. And they got that kid in the seventh round. So one of my lessons, Emery, that I want you to chime in on is bet on talent late with late round picks. Take chances there on talented guys that might have an issue or two. Right, because at the end of the day, the talent trumps everything. And if this guy's issue for Trey Smith, if I recall correctly, or remember correctly, it was a heart issue, you know. And so, because he was an All-American early in his career, he was a lock for the first round. Then he had these heart ailments, and people were kind of wondering, like, well, we don't know, even if he's going to retire. But at the end of the day, if he's still there, take the – the chance trust your medical personnel gamble on the talent like you talked about pacheco is the same thing and at the end of the day if you have talented players and let's say if it's an, it's an injury issue a guy that may have been banged up a lot in college and you say okay well we can't spend a premium pick on him we take him late and if he checks out medically if it's something that can be fixed or avoided we luck out on the talent you see this all the time and teams that do so always reap the benefits i would also throw in Uh, Another one, how situations matter. You know, I think we talked about this before with uh, Evan Ingram going to Jacksonville. 
But how about Kadarius Tony going to Kansas City? He looks like the Tony that we saw at Florida uh, at the Senior Bowl and at parts of his Giants career. He goes now to a situation where he's welcome. They kind of want him there. And he's making big play after big play. How big was that punt return um, in that ball game? So sometimes we 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 do this a lot too, man. And I, and I I want to bring up uh, you know a guy that that I thought was going to have a great year this year based off the environment and where he was, but unfortunately he passed away, and that was Dwayne Haskins. I truly feel like Pittsburgh wanted Haskins to be the starter. He unfortunately passed away, and next thing you know, they had to scramble and draft a quarterback, and that's why they chose Pickett because they were so familiar with him, and he started so many games. It was a a rush to, hey, we got to get somebody in because, again, they already had Trubisky, but they needed someone else. And I felt like Haskins leaving Washington, going to a situation where he played a little bit the year before in the preseason, had a really good preseason, and things were moving in the right direction for him. And we're going to see what we saw from him at Ohio State. And the reason why I brought up Haskins, because people forget how great he was at Ohio State. Same thing with Tony and a lot of other these players. These players just don't forget how to play football. A lot of times your situation dictates your your success. And so if you go to the right situation, we can guys still tend to do what they did in college. But sometimes I think the fans and some people in the media forget that if a guy struggles, it may not be because the talent that he doesn't have. He has talent. We saw that in college. Uh, but the situation and the, the you know everything surrounding him may not be conducive to him realizing that success. And that's what we're seeing right now with Kadarius Tony. You know, it's a terrific point. And Emory, I'll take it a step further. If he goes somewhere other than Kansas City, still might not work out for him, might be out of the league, might be playing the XFL or USFL, and we might be talking about him as a bust. But instead, he goes to a place like Kansas City, Andy Reid knows how to use him, you know, use him as a punt returner. I mean, the juke he put on, on, on that whip route, I mean, that was, that was sweet, especially with the footing, the way it was, which I talked about in the Ross Tucker football podcast, just a disgrace, just an absolute disgrace that that was the footing for that game. I think that is a really, really good point on situation for guys and that, what happens is we have the we talk about these players. We have the draft. They go to a team. And then based on how they perform for that team, we decide whether or not it was a good pick, whether or not they're a bust. When in reality, there's a long list of players who go to other teams, other situations, and maybe they can flourish. You know, I've told this story before, Emery. I... You know, I signed with Washington as an undrafted free agent. I am convinced that out of the 32 teams, if Ross Tucker is a, in 2001 at a Princeton University was undrafted free agent, if I did that with every team, I'm convinced maybe I make a couple, maybe a, maybe double that I would have made practice squad. I think the rest I probably get cut because I went to other teams after that. 2002 Washington. 2003 Buffalo, undrafted free agents, no shot, none. They were not given an opportunity. None, Emery, none. Wow. No, I don't think either one of those teams, the 02 um, 
Washington and the 03 Bills, I'm pretty confident that a single undrafted free agent made either one of those rosters. You have to check. Certainly not offensive linemen. That I know. And so I'm fortunate that Marty Schottenheimer had a bad cap situation and gave us an, gave us a real chance. Very fortunate. Some of you are not as fortunate in terms of having actually gotten a Valentine's Day gift yet. Emery, here's what I love. You know how I feel about myfrontpagestory.com. I decided those of you that procrastinated and didn't get a Valentine's Day gift yet for your loved one, you're actually better off. Because here's what you do. You buy them now. You go to myfrontpagestory.com. Use the code RTFP10. You get 10% off. You buy them a story. Cover story, cover the newspaper, framed, beautiful, all about them. Print it out. Print out the confirmation. Put it in an envelope. Hand it to them tomorrow on Valentine's Day and said, hey, hon, I'm having a story written by an author all about you, what makes you so special, why I love you so much. She will totally understand that it's not ready yet, right? Like, you just say, use the word author, say that. Think about after she gets that, A, how romantic it is, and then B, think about the anticipation for her waiting for that story to come every day over the next week or so. No one's ever written a story about her before. She will be so excited to read that thing. It'll be amazing. Myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com, code is RTFP10. All right, here's another one that jumped out to me, Um, Emery. Bet on intangibles. Bet on character. Bet on players who are going to reach their ceiling no matter what that means. Jalen Hurts was amazing last night. Jalen Hurts would have been easily the MVP of the game if the Eagles win. That might be the best game I've seen him play. 300 yards passing. NFL record for Super Bowl rushing yards over 70. Three rushing touchdowns. Listen, how about the throw where he gets blasted on a blitz and puts it right to Quez Watkins 45 yards downfield. Quez wasn't able to catch it. Would have been a tough catch, but whatever. How about those throws to Goddard in the second half, but the Eagles had to settle for a field goal. He was awesome. Emery, he is way better than anybody. Anybody thought he would be. And I am convinced that's because if you talk to him and you understand his makeup and you understand how he looks at things, I never thought he could reach this ceiling, but he is going to maximize. You need to get players that through your conversations with people about them and your conversation with them, you can feel confident they're going to maximize their ability, their talent, whatever that means. Well, Ross, I, I don't know if you saw um, the at F-Ball Game Plan Twitter account um, with regards to both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and their scouting reports coming from, uh, you know, your current co-host at Football Game Plan. And uh, what we saw, you know, Hurts was my QB, too. In that in that draft class, just a phenomenal talent. But you're absolutely right. I'm joking. I'm serious about what the the scout report is up there. You can go read it. But I'm joking, just in saying like you know uh, what we just talked about. But you're right in terms of intangibles. That's why I had what I had in that scouting report. 
And to to dive a little deeper into that with Patrick Mahomes, while I was so hell-bent on this dude's going to be a star, it was funny. And, and I came to this realization in a game they lost. I was watching the Texas Bowl, and I was solely watching the Texas Bowl that year to see if Leonard Fournette was going to break 2,000 yards because he was going to – he was this close, and I was like – Texas Tech has no defense. He should he should have 200-something yards in this game and break 2,000, and it'll be a cool look for him having that 2,000-yard season uh, as he goes in and gets ready for the draft. But all I could talk about during that game, I was texting my homeboy. I'm like, bro, this quarterback ain't scared of nothing out here. He's the only one, him and Jakeem Grant. These are the only two dudes on Texas Tech's team that's unafraid of LSU. Grant had Jalen Mills in the blender all throughout the game with these whip routes and pivot routes and Mahomes doing what he was doing all throughout his NFL career, dropping back, scrambling around for eight seconds. Grant finally breaks free and fires a dart over the middle of the field or somewhere down there. He's going, it was his Tyreek Hill in college. It was like, man, this, I want this dude on my team. Like this dude is just playing lights out. And for Hertz, it's the, it's the things you talked about the, how, um, handling the the benching you know not transferring working on his skills and working on what he has to do to get better so when he does get the opportunity it is now enhanced it it enhances his skill set and he did that we saw him work on that when they got they had cleanup duty uh they were blowing everybody out those that year two was a starter Hurst getting the mop-up duty and is only throwing the football not running just throwing the football working on his passing game Lo and behold, Tua gets hurt in the championship game. They need him to come back in. And because he now has a balanced skill set, it's perfect. The mental side and the, the, the mental toughness side, we can even go back to his freshman year. People forget he scored the, what would look to be the game with a touchdown with about two minutes left in that game against Clemson. But on the other side, you have Deshaun Watson, you know what I'm saying, who went down on that vaunted Bama defense and got the game with a touchdown pass to Renfro. So, We've seen the we've seen this from Hertz before, and it's why you want those guys. And some people have a hard time uh, acknowledging what the it is, but a lot of times it's staring you right in the face. Is why you can say, "Yo, this Lamar Jackson dude is gonna be all right." It's the reason why you say, "Man, Burrow gonna be fine." You know, it's the reason why you look at someone like, even on a smaller scale, uh, you look at a Tim Tebow and be like. I can see why they won in, in Denver when he was out there doing the, the the read option when things when it was brand new. Those guys have shown over time when the game gets tense, they are as cool as a cucumber. They have good natural leadership skills. It's not over the top. It's not in your face, rah, rah, rah. It's, I'm going to show you how we're going to get this thing done. And that's why if scouts want to talk to these players and scouts want to view these things, but – you know, for from a media perspective, when people say, "Oh, you're just using jargon," when you're saying so and so got the it, they're looking for some quantifiable statistic to throw out there. Sometimes it just shows you, like, "Hey, man, this dude just has it." You could see it. You could see the it when guys like him, Burrow, uh, you know, Mahomes, you just see it out there with those dudes out there on the field. So that's a great point. Last one I had is just the fact that. You can remake position groups in a short time. I mean, the Chiefs, after that Super Bowl a couple of years ago, lost to the Bucks, drafted Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, 
They brought in Tooney as a free agent. They trade for Orlando Brown. I mean, they remade their whole offensive line in an offseason. Or even just all the guys in their secondary. You know, this year, you bring in, um, you know, obviously they lost the Honey Badgers. They bring in Justin Reed. And then they got three rookies playing at corner. Like, they they have back-to-back years. The Chiefs have remade an entire position group in one offseason. You can do it. It doesn't take long to build a football team. Ross, this is something me and my homeboy talk about all the time. And we've seen countless times or examples over and over again. Think about what Sean Payton did his first year in New Orleans, coming off the Katrina year uh, with, with Jim Hazlitt and that unfortunate situation. 06, they were in the NFC Championship game against the Bears with a chance to win, right? Then you go and look at what the Eagles did quickly. You know, they got to the playoffs last year. Great. Added some talent around Jalen Hurts, beefed up a little bit, certain position areas, boom, Super Bowl. Here's why I never subscribe to people say this is a down year in the draft. Um, or this class is not as strong as last year, it's a farce. Because if you expand your, your scope, you'll see every year is stacked with talent. And also, you mean to tell me, you know, it's harder to turn it around in college football. I, I admit that. But in, in the NFL, I am one of 32 teams. And I have seven chances to take one of the best players in college football on their team, regardless of what round you get them. You know, you mean to tell me I can get the best player? I have my pick and choose. I can pick and choose who I want to get and add. Okay, yeah, you took Pat Mahomes, but wow, I can get Deshaun Watson. Oh, wow, I can get, you know, you got Josh Allen. Okay, cool, I can get Lamar Jackson. If you're an NFL team, you have your, you can take the best player in any round from their respective college and build your team. Yes, there's levels to being great and good and stuff like that, but there should be no reason why a team in the NFL should be one in 15 or or two and 14. Every team should be at least at worst seven and nine or now eight and nine, right? There's no reason why you can't turn things around. You can't come into this, even the Houston Texans coming in, and saying, hey, all right, well, it's going to take us three years to implement our system. Look at Jacksonville. Back-to-back number one overall picks. Boom, playoffs. It doesn't take long. It, you have access to so much talent, you can turn things around quickly. I, I, I love that point. Check him out on social media, at Fball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. Reminder, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, and you can – Win a little something-something this week if you give us a five-star rating and review over at Spotify. Next week, we will dive deep into the combine importance, some of the invite surprises. We'll preview the HBCU Legacy Bowl and maybe even dive in to the position groups with our guy, Emery. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.